Welcome to the 2P Quarter. This is a series of podcasts designed to bring you right up to date with 2P, from updates on the latest developments in case law to discussions on common issues and myths that surround the area. My name is Louise Keenan and I'm an associate in the employment team. During this podcast, we're going to look at five of the most popular myths surrounding 2P situations. Myth one, 2P doesn't apply to transfers between group companies. Myth two, if an affected employee continues to provide work to the transferor after the transfer date, they will be deemed not to have transferred. Myth three, that it's okay to harmonise terms and conditions of transferring employees with the existing workforce, provided a significant time has passed from the transfer date. Myth four, that all employees have the right to claim automatic unfair dismissal if they're dismissed because of a 2P transfer. And myth five, the transferor must provide the transferee with copies of personnel files during the 2P transfer process. So let's start with the first one. 2P does not apply to transfers between group companies. This is incorrect. 2P can apply to transfers between companies within a group in the same way as it does for other companies. Provided the usual tests about business transfers or service provision changes are met, 2P will apply. Often organisations choose to deal with these situations differently as they can pose less commercial risk provided no measures are being proposed and nothing in practice is going to change for the employees. However, this will be a commercial assessment on risk in each case and it doesn't change the fact that 2P may apply. So the second myth, if an affected employee continues to provide work to the transferor after the transfer date, they'll be deemed not to have transferred. This is a more complex question and will be very fact specific. Let's take a look at some of the examples from the case law. So if we look at Vision Hire Consumer Electrics Limited, an employee was offered a new contract with the transferee which was to take effect a week after the transfer. In the meantime, the employee continued working for the transferor. The transferee argued that because the employee had been retained by the transferor, he did not transfer over to it. The Employment Appeal Tribunal, which I'll refer to throughout this podcast as the EAT, they didn't agree. The EAT said, so myth three, that it's okay to harmonise terms and conditions of transferring employees with the existing workforce, provided a significant time has passed from the transfer date. This is not correct. Changes to terms and conditions because of the transfer will be void no matter when they occur. Clearly, the more time that passes, the less obviously linked the changes are to the transfer. But if the reason for the change is the transfer, then it remains relevant and it will be void even if it occurs years later. So let's take a look at a case on this. Taylor and Connex Southeastern Limited. So the employee here was employed by Southeastern Train Company. The company was sold to Connex Southeastern Limited in 1996 and there was a 2P transfer. The employee didn't know, but at the time of the 2P, Connex bought another company from Southeastern Train Company as well. Although the two companies bought by Connex operated independently, they were subject to a kind of unification process, which meant that their structures and methods were being aligned as far as possible. In August 1998, so a couple of years after the 2P, in connection with the unification process, the employee was presented with a new contract. 
And this was detrimental to the employee, and in particular, he was losing his beneficial redundancy entitlement. The purpose of the change was to bring the linked companies in line, and the employee refused to accept it, and he was subsequently dismissed. The tribunal found that the dismissal was due to some other substantial reason, namely the failure to accept the change to terms and conditions, and the EAT agreed with that. The case was decided pre-2014, and so the test of whether the change was permitted here is slightly different to the one we use today. The tribunal had to decide if the sole or principal reason for the change was the transfer itself or a reason connected to it. And since 2014, the test has been slightly different because the connected with element has been removed. The EAT in this case said that there is no particular time limit as to what can be considered as connected to the transfer. It said that the chain of causation may weaken with the passage of time because there's greater opportunity for intervening events to occur which break the chain of causation, but the mere passage of time without anything happening doesn't break the chain. Therefore, the fact that the change came two years after the transfer didn't mean it wasn't connected to the transfer. It went on to say that because the change related to an important term which had been transferred across on the occasion of the transfer, the change was connected with the transfer and the subsequent dismissal was therefore automatically unfair. Since 2014, the connection uh, connected with element of the test has no longer been applied, but there's been very little case law on this and many actually feel that the test remains very similar to the old one and that things which used to be seen as connected to the transfer will now be deemed to be because of the transfer. So therefore, this case is still relevant and it shows that the passage of time does not weaken the argument that the change or any resulting dismissal is because of the transfer. It does allow more scope for intervening acts, which may well break the chain, but as this case highlighted, the mere passage of time isn't enough to say that a change or a dismissal is unconnected to the transfer. So the fourth myth, that all employees have the right to claim automatic unfair dismissal if they're dismissed because of a GP transfer. Ordinary unfair dismissal claims can only be brought by employees with two years service. However, certain types of dismissals, known as automatically unfair dismissals, do not have a qualifying period of service and can be bought by any employees. But this has caused a bit of confusion in the TUPI context because dismissals which are because of the transfer are described as being automatically unfair. However, unlike other forms of automatic unfair dismissal, it does still have the two-year service requirement. And therefore, this argument that all employees have the right to claim automatic unfair dismissal is not correct. Only employees with two years service or more. And that brings us on to myth five, that the transferor must provide the transferee with copies of personnel files during the GP transfer process. This is also incorrect. There's no obligation on the transfer law to do this, and actually doing so may breach data protection laws. The obligation is for the transfer law to provide employee liability information at least 28 days before the transfer. The employee liability information consists of information on the identity and age of each transferring employee, including any employees who have been dismissed where the sole or principal reason for the dismissal was the transfer. Information contained in the employee's written particulars of employment, 
details of any disciplinaries the employee has against them or grievances they've raised in the last two years, details of legal actions taken by the employee against the transferor in the last two years, or any potential legal actions which the transferor has reasonable grounds to believe may occur, and information on collective agreements which will affect the transferring employees following the transfer. If failure to provide employee liability information, the transferee can bring a claim against the transferor in the employment tribunal within three months of the date of the transfer. This time frame can be extended if the tribunal considers it wasn't reasonably practicable for the claim to be brought in time and it's brought within an extra reasonable time. The tribunal can order the transferor to pay compensation to the transferee of such amount as it considers just and equitable, having regard to the loss suffered by the transferee. And this is subject to a minimum penalty of £500 per employee in respect of whom the information was not provided or not adequately provided, although the tribunal can reduce this if it considers it just and equitable to do so. That brings us to the end of this podcast, which I hope you found useful in clarifying some of the myths around 2P. Make sure you tune in for our next podcast in May.